0: Welcome to DOS, a conversation in and around exhibitions. In this episode, curator Sofia Hernandez-Chancoy and artist and writer Angie Kiefer visit Merle Laterman yugelis maintenance art at the Queen's Museum. The exhibition was curated by Larissa Harris and Patricia C. Phillips. It was a very cold but dry day. The conversation, interpreted today by Dan Byers as Sofia Hernandez-Chancoy and Ariana Rains as Angie Kiefer, is recorded in front of a live audience at the New York Art Book Fair.
1: So this is the second time I visit this exhibition, but the first visit was at the exhibition's opening. So I saw only parts of it. Today I saw other parts. What about you?
2: This is my first time, but I didn't even remember that I saw most of this older work exhibited about a year or a year and a half ago in Stockholm. It was a place in the suburbs. I can't remember the name of it.
1: Hmm. One of the exhibition spaces that I visited the first time I was in Stockholm in 2005 was Konstal C, an artist-run space in the suburbs that used to be a community laundromat an artists have begun developing art projects and exhibitions about modernism and sanitation relating to these collaborative contemporary practices.
2: Yes, that describes this place.
1: This was the first time I became aware of the importance of sanitation and modernism. And then, a couple of years later, I visited the Maison de Vert in Paris, designed by Pierre Charot. The house was of a doctor who also had a clinic at home. It is now privately owned and to visit, you have to write a letter explaining why you want to go. Once you are accepted, they schedule a guided visit with a Ph.D. student. The student who gave us the walkthrough studied the relation between the development of modern sanitation and Duchamp's first ready-made. She looked at the doctor's clinic in the house, for example, and the use of the water and sanitation systems throughout. I liked her focus, an unspoken history of the ready-made in relation to the cleansing process. I feel some of this in Meryl Adam and Euclid's exhibition too.
2: There is so much emphasis usually when Duchamp is spoken of in the aspect of the ready-made that dissociates the function of the object from its importance as a work of art. And this is a complete reversal of it, to think of fountain as a toilet and that connection to plumbing.
1: In 2011, Tanya Bruguera did a residency here at the Queen's Museum and around that time she made a statement that I was actually quite uncomfortable with. She said, it's time to put fountain back where it belongs, into the bathroom. Tanya was critiquing artists making object-based work and defending the utilitarian aspect of art that she proposes through activism. But to me, imagination more than function is essential to make art. And I see this in Merle, particularly in the early work. She remains attached to the symbolic nature of art, to the way in which something that is imaginary rather than concrete can be considered art if you want it to be. It is not either or. It is not maintenance as maintenance or maintenance as art, but it is both at once. Bruguera's statement proposes a process of substitution rather than of constant bouncing between one idea and the other.
2: Yes. That process of substitution is the avant-garde formulation. This kills that, this replaces that. Euckeles addresses it in her reference to the death drive. It sets up these false dichotomies, but when you reject the immense power of the symbolic or spectacle, it doesn't go away. It is usurped by other users who don't have similar concerns that artists have. I don't feel inspired by Bruguera's statement, but I do find Kelly's work extremely inspiring. That is what I felt the whole time going through the exhibition. In Stockholm, I didn't feel that way at all. I wasn't very familiar with the work. I only saw the surface. That for me provoked association to a moment when art and feminist art often manifested through documentation. That made it very difficult for me to become involved with a lot of pre existing interest in care. This inaccessibility to people who haven't been educated to look beyond spectacle makes art more susceptible to lay critique and even to defunding. But seeing the entire body of her work and the way she made that work, and through a group of people and workers who I imagine not being predisposed through education to seek out contemporary art is part of what is really inspiring. That, and her reiterating repeatedly through the work, that the place where this work exists as display is not possible without maintenance and the work that sanitation workers do, for instance. The ceremonial art honoring service workers made from the gloves of workers stands as a reminder to a financial or professional class. And this same narrative permeates the work over decades. It's important and provocative for us to think about when we talk about audience.
1: You've said a couple of things that are important. One of them is introducing the word feminist. When I seek out images that symbolically or historically have been considered representative of feminism, they're either revolutionaries or professionals. Not so much a self-exploratory process, but more about a position in society. But to think of the word feminism in the early work of Euclides, and to see her working, how it relates to caring for children, to hiring babysitters, etc., that usually doesn't appear in the images of feminism. It's a banker, or a nurse, or a lawyer, but not a mom. Today, in 2017, the term feminist has a different use, which I find difficult to reconcile with how I have absorbed feminism image-wise. And what I see here in the work of Euclides is different. If I liked her work in the past, it was because of the conceptual process-based approach. Studying the Wadsworth Athenaeum project was so important. But now, in this exhibition, seeing the larger scope of her work, the work logs, the work of her children, understanding the way she persistently introduces intellectual work within her daily routine. To me, that is refreshing.
2: Yes, and I think it's a specific kind of thinking. It's a willingness and habit of questioning your basic assumptions of considering whatever the subject of your thinking is from multiple points of view, and to hold that in mind as you make decisions that affect us all. I also think what is really radical in her work as an artist, as a thinker, and as a mother is persistence, the persistence of the nurturing individual, the persistence of the nurturing intellectual. And the fact that she is able, as a woman, to go into this blue collar male field with her self-respect and respect for them, with their trust. And I'm thinking about the correspondence in the early works gallery, where you have this sympathetic letter from the workers union saying that they can't support her work financially, right next to the letter that this work is supported by a grant from the NEA. I think that was 1976. I just saw Adam Curtis's hypernormalization, where he uses footage from the civic crisis in New York City, and where he shows Patti Smith as a foil for his whole story about how artists turned away from political engagement. And then he comes around at the end to show how Putin's Czar of communications is a former leftist theater director. And as we know, Breitbart has used these same tools of avant-garde theater to create destructive thought control media campaigns. Seeing those two letters was a really important fact check and reminder that there are and have been artists who conscientiously and directly faced political questions and through that persistent, nurturing thinking generated ideas and situations and collaborations and openings like Eucleus did in the work with sanitation workers. I think it's a real pedagogical act. It is art's role in our culture as an ongoing civic education that we all contribute to and learn from.
1: Exactly. She seeks out the public. she seeks them out, as she does in her letter to the employees of the New York City Sanitation Department, Merle defines her role as an artist. In the first paragraph she says, I do art and you do maintenance. I do maintenance too and you do art as well. In the second paragraph she says, part of my work entails inviting people and explaining things to people so that we all have a common vocabulary, so that we all start from the same place. Her outreach is from the place of her audience. From there, by her very presence, she will change how one's work will be seen how it will be valued. She emphasizes each of them being part of the structure.
2: Essentially, that is acknowledgement of the basic concept of us all being in a greater system, that we need to think systematically about our roles. This is a very important point. We now have these extremely rich people like the Koch brothers stating that taxes should be eliminated and that they are self-made people While it is the infrastructure that we all pay for and participate in creating that makes it possible for corporations to succeed, for individuals to become immensely wealthy. And it is a pervasive misconception that we are not all somehow contributing to making things run.
1: I think that the exhibition is really a worker's exhibition. Not of artwork, but of work and workers in every regard. It's the processes and engagements over a long course of time, without losing sight of the importance of the symbolic and without falling into the figurative representation of the worker, say, as in social realism. So in the Polaroid wall work, I make maintenance art one hour every day from 1976. The portraiture that she produces of them is a gift. This is a moment in which you are thinking of this thing that can't be depicted yet because it is the way you assign value to that time. There is a clear consciousness of the time spent to differentiate the symbolic act. She actually set an alarm on her wristwatch. To me, that is the workers, the presence of the clock, their freedom to define how that time is administered.
2: But I wanna reemphasize that we don't live on gifts, and that work of you Kelly's was funded And the will to fund artwork is a collective civic choice that has been unmade in the intervening decades. Even those of us who believe in civic funding of that work are now often at a loss for how to defend it on terms that can be comprehended without having a pre-existing faith in the work itself. I would like to take the time to formulate an argument on the basis of her work that speaks to the value outside of our own community
1: and audience. In terms of the funding, it's tricky. Of course, I'm a supporter of art being publicly funded, and I would like to see that improve, but I don't think that's going to happen. It's been progressively declining over so many years. Instead of demanding the state to provide the funds, I think it should be institutions and its publics redefining what and how they exhibit, how they engage a public, and why. The arts have to be driven by civil society, more so than the state. People should participate more actively in their communities rather than just be consumers of a show. I would like to see more support between people, communities that are more diverse and proactive with and in the arts.
2: I would go one step further, not only within artist communities, which I think are pretty insular, but within our communities wherever we live, wherever we are. I live in a district that went for Trump by 10 points. It is not an artist community, though there are plenty of artists, and the town of Hudson, part of the district, is a pocket of them. I don't approve of the civic culture in Hudson and the respect that many artists have helped to create it as a tourist town in the mode of the Hamptons, and are tolerating extreme economic inequity there. That is the artist community that I'm closest to geographically, and I don't want to contribute to the effect. Of course, no one does so intentionally. It's mostly inadvertent. What I mean is that I think artists should be part of communities, not just in isolated centers where we can make work and talk about ideas that don't ever leave the circle of ourselves. In the end, that only makes us beholden to the patrons who buy work in galleries.
1: One of the self-critiques that I have done the last year is that I don't want my proposals to be about how things in general ought to be in society. I think we can help transform the conditions of institutions to present the diversity of ideas out there. and that these open up into discussion platforms to explore what it means to be in community.
2: I agree, but what I bristle at is the idea of artist community, because in the communities that I have been exposed to, New York and surrounding area, I observe so much reification of the problems that we are pointing out. I think in addition to what you're saying, It is good to keep simultaneously emphasizing and understanding that Merle is doing this work with sanitation workers for decades, and they are making this work together. And they are having an experience of what art is that I had when a visiting artist came to my third grade class in Alabama and brought in a clear 16 millimeter film and we drew on it and put it in a projector and she explained how animation works. As eight-year-olds in Alabama, we made a structuralist film. We all learned how cameras work and how cartoons are made. If this kind of agency, thinking through making, that is so important for people to acquire as children through educational institutions, the visceral and firsthand understanding that the social world is constructed by us and that there are ways to participate other than discursive, professional, administrative, technocratic jobs.
1: So if I understand you correctly, your critique of the art community is that it is stuck in a bubble, acting in a safe space rather than in the midst of all the crises out there.
2: What I think I'm advocating for is a more expansive conception of what it is to be an artist that is very closely aligned to citizenship.
0: Thank you for listening in. Dose Audio is produced and edited by Ezra Table and Seth Cluett. Dose Conversations are instigated and edited by Sarah DeMuse in collaboration with the original speakers. Join us again next time.